Good morning, Christian Lehman Church. Um, if you if you see a, a light shining right on my face, it it could be the sun peeking through my window um, or the anointing of the Lord. Um, how is everyone doing uh, today? Well, um, <clears throat> uh, people have been asking me how we're doing in our preparations for Taiwan. And so maybe I can share just a little bit of what's going on. Um, one of our projects has been to paint the house. And so I, I've been painting and painting and working and working. And there is this one last part of the house uh, that needs to be painted. Honestly, it's, it's just one, one, one part of a wall. But I don't have the heart to paint this wall. And uh, let, me, let, me, let me have Frank kind of explain to you why. Frank, can you show that picture? Um, so what you see there is um, our kids' height wall. Do, do you have one in your, your house? Uh, uh, that's what ours looks like. And um, when we moved here, our kids were these little cute, adorable things that you could like pick up and tickle, right? I remember I always, I like I, in my mind, I always remember, I always remember one of my sons, I won't say who, who during that time had a belly and he was standing in on a chair in our kitchen and he was dancing. That's the only time I've ever seen him dance. Um, and, and, and now, as you can see, as you look on the height wall, um, like, one of them is taller than me now, okay? Uh, you're like, not hard to imagine. Okay, fine. But he's like lifting weights going like, hey, dad, you know? Like this wall represents the last 10 years of life. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm thinking, where did the time go? That's what we're thinking. Like, where did the time go, right? Um, I think this is my point. The days may be long, but the years sure go by quick. Life is really short. Life is really short. Do, do, you, do you believe me? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like some of you young people, you don't believe me. You're like, you don't believe me. Let's just see how this one goes for you, okay? <laughs> um, <clears throat> when I came to our church, I was like, I'm not kidding you. I was like the youngest adult, okay? Fresh out of college, okay? And then, and today I am not, okay? <clears throat> That's all I'm willing to say. When I came to our church, I was thin. I was thin. And now I am not, okay? My point is this, the days are long, but the years are short. The, the years go by fast. So now I got to say, as a Christian, I, I look at the brevity of life totally different. Okay. I look at the brevity of life totally different. Like, like um, a, a, a secular person would, would say, um, you know, life is short. You know, so like, 
YOLO, right? You got live each moment to the fullest. Go climb that mountain. Go drink that boba. Go, go ask that person out, you know? Um, but, but as a Christian, I have to. We have to see life in a totally different way because uh, I believe in the Bible and I believe what it teaches. So I believe that there is a heaven and I also believe that there's a hell. And I believe because the Bible teaches this so clearly that the only way to get to heaven is through faith in Jesus. I believe in a Jesus who sacrificed himself out of self-giving love. So, so this is like, this is my core reality that life is about self-giving love. And I believe in this Jesus who was willing to, to do this. And he came back from the grave and said, go and make disciples of all nations. I believe in a God who said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I believe in eternal reward that is far beyond anything we could ever imagine. I believe it. I believe it. And so you see, life is really short. And the stuff we do in this life matters for all of eternity. So we don't have time to waste. Life is so short. Ten years of life, gone. Just like that. And all that we do in this life matters for all of eternity. Can, can you all feel that? Are, are, you, all, are you all with me today? <clears throat> so we're going through a book by David Platt called Follow Me. I have that book right here. Um, right, right here. Um, now, Nothing gets me going in the mission of God like reading me some David Platt, okay? David Platt um, <clears throat> is, is like, I, I call him like Francis Chan's twin brother. Like Francis can preach and David sure can write. But, but he, nothing gets us in the mission of God like, like, like David Platt. He is strong coffee. And honestly, I just feel like strong coffee is what we need, especially in the Bay Area. Now, I would totally recommend that, you know, you go on Amazon, like right now, if you want, and buy a copy for yourself and follow along. Uh, it's going to maximize our Sundays, and I, I think it's really going to stimulate uh, your, your, your spiritual growth. Better yet, I don't know if it's better yet, but it's, it's, it's also really good to get your home group following along, too. Um, uh, shout out to Jared and Tiffany and Jordan's group. And I think my home group too, um, that are, are following along. So how about it? Uh, let's do this. Okay. All right. Now, so David Platt bases his entire book on two words that Jesus said to his disciples. Two words that change everything for the disciples. And those two words were follow me. And, and after Jesus said those two words for them, and they responded, life was never the same for them after that. And so today I want to clarify what it meant for them to follow Jesus and what it should mean for us as well. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 4. 
And I'm going to start uh, reading from verse 18, okay? While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he, Jesus, said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, Quick time out, you guys. If there's one sentence I want us to focus on today, this is it. So let me say that again. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and their father and followed him. Okay, that's the word of God. Okay, so Jesus meets two sets of brothers, and Jesus says to them the same thing, and they respond the same way. And he says to them, that key verse, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then both sets of brothers, they do the same thing. They leave their nets behind. Actually, not only did John and James leave the boat, but they left their father in the boat. So it's like, uh, hey, hey, James. John, hey, where are you going? Why are you following that man? You know, so here's the first observation from this passage about what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus means you leave stuff behind, right? I mean, it's such an obvious, following Jesus means you leave stuff behind. Um, You guys, I I have had this reoccurring conversation with so many Christians um, in in the Bay Area in their 30s and 40s. And it goes like this, okay? It's like like a typical question a pastor should ask is like, hey, do you remember a time in your life when you were like really following hard after Jesus? And, And the response is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like back in college. You know, like I was on fire. Uh, and I'm like, what? Back, that's like 15 years ago. Really? Like what happened? You know, and it's, it's always the same response. I don't know. Like I got old. I got married. I had kids. I got a job. I got busy. I got distracted. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation. And I totally relate to that. And yet at the same time, it just, it kills me. It just crushes me. You know, it's so like, oh man, you know, maybe we have forgotten the lesson of the first disciples. Maybe we have to go back to that principle that following Jesus means we must leave stuff behind. You're like, whoa, what stuff? Like what? Like leave my family? Is that what you're saying, Pastor Andrew? Well, yes. I mean, and no. Yes and no. Um, Don't, like, don't leave your kids behind. (laughs) But maybe what you leave behind is a worldly definition of their success. 
they, they don't have to go to Stanford. Really, they don't. <laughs> uh, so you, maybe to, to leave stuff behind means you're letting go of their achievement and you're holding on to the men and women of God they can become. Letting go of achievement, holding on to character. Some of you are like, well, are you telling me I got to leave my job, leave my nets occupation? I, you telling me I got to leave my job? Maybe. Uh, I'm actually kind of like in the process of leaving my job uh, to follow Jesus, you know? Maybe you got to do the same. Maybe you leave the corporate job and you work for the nonprofit ministry. You should talk to your spouse first, though. You know, or maybe you leave behind the promotion or the corner office. You leave it behind. No, I'm going to, I'm intentionally going to say no to that because I want more time for better things. Maybe you leave behind your desire for self-promotion and you do your work unto the glory of God and the good of others. But it always does mean that you're leaving stuff behind. I mean, right? So, so you see, when Jesus says, follow me, it, it entails the, the first word that he spoke at the inauguration of his public ministry. You know what? The, when, when Jesus uh, came into the limelight, spotlight, and you know what his first word, word uh, in public was um, in the book of Matthew? It's a very unpopular word. I mean, modern people don't like it. People don't like this word. But the very first word out of the mouth of Jesus was repent. Now, repent means leave your former way of life and step into a whole new life and a whole new identity. Leave your nets. Leave your father in the boat. Leave your sin. Leave your worldly definition of success. Leave it behind. Leave it behind, right? Leave your wanting approval from other people. Leave your anxiety. Leave your porn. Leave your ego behind. You don't need that. You know, for me, Raina recently asked me to um, leave half of my books because it's too expensive to ship them to, to Taiwan. So like even this past week, it's like, Andrew, leave your books, you know, leave your old identity as a pastor. And it's, it's been really hard for me. It hasn't been easy. Like I, I, have, I have these tendencies to want to hold on. I want comfort. I want certainty, you know, which kind of leads us to this next question, which is why? People go, look, look, Pastor Ant. I mean, it's not actually me that's saying that you need to leave stuff. It's Jesus. Like, look, Jesus, I don't want to leave stuff behind. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want, I, I like my old life. I like my comfort. I like my certainty. I like my stuff. I don't, I don't want to leave my father in the boat. I don't want to leave my nets. I like my stuff. Why, why would I give that up? All right, here's my, I think that's a fair question. Here's, here's my best answer for you from this text, okay? Here it is. You ready for this? 
it's really the big point I'm making today. Why, why should you leave stuff behind? Because Jesus and his mission are worth giving everything up for. I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart. Jesus and his mission are worth giving everything up for. Okay? Now let's unpack this one by one, right? First, Jesus is worth giving everything up for. Jesus says, follow me. Okay, here's the question. Have you ever stopped to think about who this me is? Um, Let's use this example. Let's say I came to your house. I rang your doorbell, you know, your doorbell. Uh, I ring your door, doorbell, and, and, then, and then you answer the door. And I say to you, I look into your eyes and go say to you, follow me. This is me, Pastor Andrew, saying, follow me. Okay, what would you say? You would say, where? You know, why? What do you, what do you want? You know, follow Emmy, Emmy, I hope Emmy's listening. Emmy, follow me. Um, let me go ask my mom first. You know, sorry, I have plans to play Fortnite, you know? Uh, no, right. Yan, follow me. You know, and Yan looks me up and down. And is like, no, no, no thanks. You know, I mean, my point is the me of who is saying follow me really matters. That's my point. Jesus says, follow me. Okay, well, well, well who is this me that's asking us to follow him? Is this me worth following? That's, that's, that's a legitimate uh, question. But now let me give you a little bit of explanation as to why Peter just like dropped his nets and just started following Jesus, okay? There is a story, you find this in Luke, okay? What happened on that day is that Peter, well, not on that day, but Peter all his life has been a fisherman, okay? Fish, fish, fish of the seas, knows, knows fish, loves fish. You know, he's all about fish, right? He, and every fisherman, this is what Calvin tells me, has the same dream. The dream of catching the mother load. It's the dream, you know? So, so Peter finishes, fishes all night and gets skunked. You know, doesn't catch a thing. So he's like, you know, feeling kind of discouraged, kind of defeated. He's washing his nets. He's putting his nets away, you know? And then, boom, Jesus steps onto his boat. And then... And then a little while later, Jesus says, hey, Peter, cast out your net. Peter's like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not the time of day. This is not where the fish are at. And I just spent a whole night fishing. But he's like, but because you say so, I'll do it. Cast out his net. Brings in the biggest mother load of fish he has ever seen. Okay. Now at that moment, He has a glimpse of the glory of this man. And at that moment, he's like, who cares about the fish? (laughs) You know, he falls at the feet of Jesus and he's worshiping Jesus. Let me say it again. When Jesus says, follow me, who is this me again that we are following? He is the son of God. 100% human being, 100% God. 
I remember a time when the disciples were terrified by a storm, just terrified. And Jesus walks up to the storm and says, hush, storm calms down. And now the disciples are terrified of Jesus. You know, who is this me we are following? The song we just sang with Caitlin, like when Jesus came back to life after death, he didn't just come back to life, but he is the one who defeated death itself. He conquered the greatest enemy of humankind, death itself. Who is this me we are following? What I'm trying to say is this. He is worthy of leaving everything behind for He is worthy of leaving everything behind for. Okay. Okay. And not only is he worthy of leaving everything behind for, but his mission is also worthy of leaving everything behind for. Not just him, but also his mission. Now, look at what he said to his disciples. He said, follow me and what? And I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what does that mean? It means you come follow me and I will give you a new purpose for your life. Your life will never be boring. It will be brimming with meaning and joy at every corner. You have a new purpose. So leave the old purpose behind, like catching fish not worthy of your time. Come on, I got a new purpose for you. One that you would be willing to live for, one that you'd be willing to die for. And that purpose is to make disciples, spread the gospel all over the world. Teach people to become disciples of Jesus, disciples who love God, Disciples who have compassion on those who are neglected. Disciples who celebrate the gospel in the very heart of their marriage and parenting. Disciples who love their parents. Disciples who fight for good in the world. Disciples who speak out against racism and injustice and fight for what's right. Disciples that go on to make more disciples. Here is Jesus at the very beginning saying, this is where it's all going for you. Now, it's right here in the beginning when Jesus calls Peter and and James and John and Andrew. But you know, it's right there at the end too, during his last ministry with them. You see, right after Jesus dies and rises again, his parting words were this. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. It's right there at the beginning. It's right there at the end. It is that important. Hey, team, we have a mission. We have a new purpose. This is something worth waking up for. This is something worth living for. You know, this is actually something worth dying for. This is my entire message for today. Life is short. We don't have time to waste. Do you all know who this man is? 
Frank, can you show the picture of, of this man right here? You all know him. Um, his name is John Allen Chow. He's, a, he's 26 years old, Asian American, uh, and he used to live on the West Coast. Not long ago, he set off with a group of fishermen. He kind of like uh, paid them. It was a little bit illegal, at least a little bit illegal. Uh, and he paid them to take him to the North Sentinel Island, which is in India. We, and, uh, and this island, North Sentinel Island, is home to one of the last hunter and gatherer societies. So they're like kind of like trapped in time, you know. Now, he wrote to his parents that he wanted to declare Jesus to the tribe's people and that they should not be angry at them or at God if he got killed doing so. The island is home to uh, yeah, a tribe. It's like 30,000-year-old history, and they've been known to aggressively resist outsiders, okay? So John repeatedly tried to contact the tribe's people, and he finally managed to reach the island. And so he, he, you know, he tried to give them gifts of like fish and a football. And so he writes this to his mom. He goes, I heard the whoops and the shouts from the hunt. He wrote, I, I made sure to stay out of arrow range, but unfortunately that meant I was also out of good hearing range too. So I got a little closer and there was about six of them from what I could see and they were like yelling at me. And so I tried to like parrot back their words to them and then they burst out laughing uh, most of the time. So they were, you know, probably saying bad words or insulting me. And I hollered, I said, my name is John. I love you. And Jesus loves you. He, re he, he wrote, I, I regret I began to panic slightly as I saw them string arrows in their bows. So I picked up the fish <laughs> and I threw it towards them. They kept coming. <clears throat> he wrote, I paddled like I have never paddled in my life back to the boat. I felt some fear, but mainly was disappointed. They, they didn't accept me right away. He said, one of the tribes people, a kid, probably like 10 years old or so, maybe a teenager, he fired an arrow that struck my Bible. So the next day, as he prepared to make another approach, John Chow wrote a letter to his parents and said, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Now, what, what happened the following day, we don't exactly know what happened. We know that John Chow was shot with uh, arrows. We know that he was killed. We know that the tribes people buried him. But we don't know exactly what happened. But we do know what he was thinking the day before he was killed. He wrote this to his parents. He said, please 
do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to. And I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. He wrote, this is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand, and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their own language, as Revelation 7, 9 to 10 states. And then he signed off, soli deo gloria, which means glory to God alone. Now, um, church family, can I ask you something honestly? Here's my honest question, okay? Is there a part of you that, you know, you hear the story of John Chow and you feel like he's a little bit crazy? (laughs) You know, I I was reading these news media reports and they thought that John Chow was crazy. They did, or unbalanced, you know, like. So, but think about this. Here are the sentinel people who have never had the chance to hear the good news about Jesus, that he loves them, that he died for their sins, that there is a way to be united with God for eternity. And so John Chow gave up his life trying to reach them. By the way, there are people right here in the Bay Area also who have never heard. Back to my question, do you think John Chow was crazy? You see, it seems to me that if we really believe that life is short and heaven and hell are real and Jesus is the only way, that to not go spend your life doing what John Chow did is more crazy. To not make this your passion and your purpose to go and make disciples, that is crazy. That is crazy. Am I right? Am I right? Who, who's crazy? John Chow for doing what he did or Christians who believe what they believe and do not share his passion or purpose. Let me give you another example. Uh, we have a home group leader in our church who is, you know, investing himself and in making disciples uh, through his home group. And when he heard that the elderly in Chinatown were being literally shoved to death, he spent that very Saturday walking around Chinatown, just making sure everyone's okay. You know, he's like, man, if I saw violence, I'm not really sure what I would do, but I knew I had to be there. Okay. Now, honestly, you hear that. So you're like, oh, wow, that's a little bit out there. It's a little bit out there. Right. But if we truly believe what we believe, which is more out there? To do something like that or to not even care? We have a mission of making disciples right here in the Bay Area, of making disciples who love God, love others, serve the world. Is that your passion and purpose? Or are you living for lesser things? During this series, we want to give urgency and clarity to this mission. You know why? Because life is short and we don't have time to waste. Jesus and his mission are worthy. Okay, quick challenge and then we're out. Okay, 
Do you all know we're in Lent? Okay, here's the challenge. The challenge for you all is leave behind one thing and pick up one thing new. Okay, let me explain this. Okay, during this Lenten season, we want to challenge you to leave behind something. What's that thing? Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's an area of sin. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's, it's something from your old life. And during this season, we want to challenge you. We want to invite you to leave it behind. Just, just walk away. Leave it behind. What is that one thing? I don't know. Pray about it. Ask the Lord. He will show you. But listen, it's not just about leaving one thing behind. It's also about picking up one thing that will help you know Jesus more and grow towards his mission. Maybe that one thing you pick up is more about knowing Jesus more. Maybe the one thing you pick up is more about, you know, uh, becoming a fisher of men. It's up to you and the Lord. But that's the challenge. Leave one thing behind. Pick up one thing that will help you grow closer to Jesus and his mission. Leave one thing behind. Pick one thing that's new. What will it be? All right, church family, I love you all. Life is short. Jesus and his mission are worthy of leaving everything behind for. We don't have time to waste. God bless you all.